comes from the 15th chapter of Jude. I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more fruit. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away, like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. It will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my Father. Stands our reading, you may be seated. So exciting to get to stand here and look at people and not preach from in front of my couch. Very cool. If you guys, I was really excited. This is the first one I get to come back to because if you'll notice from all our family videos uh, in our house, when the, the big image in our living room is a vine and a branch. This branch shows up because we want, we really want to make that a part of our identity as people of God, as people that are um, But yeah, I, I, I'm excited to preach. I also have some good news and bad news for you guys today. I'm going to start with the bad news. You know, the good news makes it all better. Uh, the bad news is, uh, since I saw you last person like it has lost more hair up here and the part or the part that's staying that's getting grayer and grayer and um the good news is that looks like my dad and i like my dad i'm starting to look more like my dad and i'm like yeah he's cool i guess i could i guess i could deal with that um i'm a lot like my dad in many ways and i think it goes beyond follicle resemblance at this point um i remember specifically uh, when I was a kid, when the History Channel came out, that was a big deal in our house because, like, now my dad was very interested in what was on TV because the History Channel was basically like World War II information all the time. All history about World War II, and he's in the cameras, so he's fascinated with, like, the planes and the submarines and all these things. He would just watch that thing all the time and gobble it up. And I say I resemble him because the other day I finished reading this book, and I, didn't, I wasn't going to start another one, and I was like, what am I going to eat this week? Hey, what's on Netflix? Saving Private Ryan was added. I haven't seen that in forever. So I watched that. Well, that turned into a real slippery slope. And then I was watching Band of Brothers. And, like, I looked at this situation as I'm, like, watching these World War II dramas. My hair's falling out. I'm going gray. I'm like, yeah, I'm my dad. I'm him. I am my father's son. And that really shouldn't surprise me because I'm connected to him. Undeniably, I am my father's kid. And I was thinking about all this connectedness that we're talking about today in our lesson. I can't deny a connection to the one who who raised me, the people in my own house. Which brought me to this lesson of reflecting about vines and branches. And also about the fire and the heartbreak and suffering that could come from feeling disconnected experiencing real disconnectedness from the vine. Thinking about the suffering in the world as I'm watching some gruesome World War II dramas, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty bad. When we are disconnected, so many terrible things here. 
I'm prone to overlook often when I'm preaching uh, the fire bit of this sermon. They get put into a fire, right? They're gathered and they're withered or saying, I'm interested in vine and branches and how they make fruit. I don't want to really think about the fire that they get. But I think I'm overlooking something important. Also, another but, I want to say that fire is often something we associate with like the fires of hell. And I want to say Jesus wouldn't have had that similar concept that we have of a fiery pit of unpleasantness ruled by a Darth Vader type figure with a pitchfork. He wouldn't have had that because he's, he's Jewish, right? He doesn't have God's up here, God's down here, God's over there, and God's here. God's got, he's just got God. He's talking about something way more personal when he talks about fire, the withering that comes from disconnection. Something that we can relate with as well, I think. Specifically for him, he's talking about the kind of fire in hell that his country faced as an occupied people, right? The Jewish people were occupied by Rome at that time. There would be a revolt that would come later in violence that would end with the city being burned to the ground. He knew of the hell of disconnection, the fire and brimstone of conflict. Jesus is talking about that very tragic fire when people turn to violence and warfare, to conquest and to domination. I think it's pretty easy to see the similarities between those horrible images of war and global conflict, those dramas I'm watching, and this hell that comes from losing our connectedness to the vine. But I would say, more than just big, catastrophic global conflict, I think you can see it all over the place if you look close enough. If you think of all the terrible pain and suffering that came from the disconnectedness during the pandemic, right? The heartache was big. People passing away, these numbers, not being able to see our loved ones the way we used to, the depression, the loneliness, disconnectedness. We're actually taught news stories. The news was being real honest, like, hey, y'all know these feelings matter. It's starting to affect how we live. Think of the disconnectedness some child on that during an election cycle. People seeing their neighbors as enemies, as threats to their way of life. The disconnectedness that we saw in racial inequality, racial injustice, disconnectedness, truthfully, is at the heart of every one of our social ills. The pain of disconnectedness is revealed all over the place, particularly those things we're afraid of. And I am. What is so relegating people to a state of being think about it in my life, the first time I traveled to Haiti, as someone who grew up in the church, to realize it's 700 miles away from my home, the people who live there, I can't bear to think about it. Look at people that I haven't seen in my life, I didn't know I heard of, realize that people are living in 40 below level English villages in Nepal, because of the worst housing in religion, is the people that really have food. Think of all the people that we see daily who are living in abusive homes. I know of them. They're not connected. All the people we see in our daily lives who are suffering from hunger in our own community. We read the statistics and we go, who are they talking about? Oh, we don't know them, we don't know them. We 
disconnected with love or not. What is so horrible is the disconnection all around us that we have these poverty, racism, inequality, hunger. But thankfully, that's not where we end. That's not where we wrap up because the point I'm making is a bit like Easter. We didn't get to that empty tomb until the cross. Resurrection has to take place. We have to be honest with that. And that's why I wanted to talk about that fire in that river because we can't get to this great fire stuff without recognizing where we must mark. Jesus is making it clear. Tell me do that, then we only look to our first reading we have today. And it comes down to remembering our connectedness to our God, and that to know God is to know love. Love. Love is the thing, it says, that will drive out all this fear and anxiety, all this anger. Jesus has this fire and burning thing in there, but that's not there to motivate. It says so even in that first John. Uh, we don't do this thing out of fear of punishment, because folks, that ain't love. How many of you showed up to worship today because you were worried Jesus would throw you in a fire if you didn't? Right? That's preposterous. That's not how Jesus works. The motivation for this life and faith is revealed when he talks about fruit. The fruit that will be produced. If you focus on your loving connection revealed through our teacher, to let that love given to you extend from you, you will see fruits that you cannot imagine. He doesn't motivate through fear. He emboldens through love. Not identifying problems, but elevating the solution of love and connectedness. You can hear it all over our tradition. All throughout the Bible. This little light of mine, right? We teach it to kids, but really, we should remember that. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Where does it shine bright? It shines in the darkness. But where are we called to go with our little lights? To the darkness places of disconnectedness so that we might bring connectedness to it, so we might bring light into the world. Uh, what's the saying Jesus says to Peter? On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we go, yeah! Big walls of the church. No. Gates don't attack, folks. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means we are the invading force. We are the life, the connectedness that goes to places where people feel disconnected and say, nope, love wins, and we're in this together. It's Jesus, right? He hangs out with people on the margins because that's his job. That's the way he sees it. It's the point of a vine is to grow and to spread and to connect. Think about the things that motivate us. I truly hope it's love and connectedness. I truly hope that for any of you that gave the hoop stick for Haiti, and a bunch of you did, thank you, I really hope the reason you gave to that was not, oh man, if I don't give to this, Jesus is going to smack me around something good. No! You gave because you knew that this was important work of the church. You knew that this was an opportunity to connect our gifts to people in need. That's love. That's beautiful. That we're not okay with someone being withering on the margins in starvation and poverty. That's beautiful. In the coming weeks, 
we will begin a new series focusing on stewardship. Caretaking, right? Caring for what? This mission. So I hope you will continue to join us in worship as we discuss further the way that God is calling us to a deeper connection. A connection for the sake of our love for the world. Connected, not alone. The shared mission. We're a body of Christ tasked with a message of hope for a world that, let's be frank, might be feeling very disconnected right now. Can you imagine a better purpose right now than to be a people that spreads connection and love to focus on what matters most? As a congregation, we will focus on how the Spirit charges us up in this time to be a force of connection in the world. We will learn new ways of proclamation and we will use them like we have been online with these cameras, with these videos. You guys know how many states have watched some of the stuff we've produced? How far it's gone? How many views? We're going to lean into that. We will pursue those connections for the sake of bringing all those who feel disconnected together. Because if we focus on that work, on the spirit of love that's been given to us, if we give our attention, our creativity, our gifts on how to share that, to pursue a more loving connection with our neighbors and in turn a connection to our vine, the fruit that it will produce will be abundant. And that's a promise. I didn't make it. Jesus did. And for that I say thank you.